Miracle Moon podcast. If you are a NICU parent, past, present or future, this podcast is here to support you through it all. We'll talk about common things that NICU parents have been through with the hope of normalising how you're feeling. We're a couple of past NICU mums who've got together to support other parents through their NICU journeys. Each week we'll be talking about topics all parents go through because we've been through it too and we don't want you to feel alone in it. who is nearly one now he was born in December last year at 30 weeks he was in the NICU for 60 days and he had issues with his breathing and his feeding so Abby um, had Grayson early because of preeclampsia and she's going to talk to us a little about a little bit about her journey and she's going to also talk to us about life after NICU as well so hello hello Abby <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's lovely to have you. Thanks I know, it's the second Zoom call of the week with you. We're just <laughs> Zoom addicts, aren't we? Life, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so where would you like to start? Would you like to tell us a little bit about your kind of journey into the kind of NICU with the preeclampsia? What was that like for you? Yeah, so... Um... I was showing signs of preeclampsia um, at, from 26 weeks. Um, okay. These were not, I didn't know what preeclampsia was at this point. Um, and then I had a pain in my rib and admitted myself to um, our local hospital. Then I was in for a week with various complications, um, then diagnosed with preeclampsia. And then on the day Grayson was delivered, I was diagnosed with HELP syndrome as well. Okay. Um, which is where your liver and blood levels just plummet, basically. Um, and it was touch and go whether I'd have a general or just a spinal block for my section. But luckily, I was all right. Um, mm. And, you know, like they say, the cure for preeclampsia is delivery. Mm. So <laughs> out he pops at 30 weeks. Yeah. Um, I was absolutely fine. Then obviously, Grayson went into NICU then. Um, he was initially um, on CPAP. Okay. He then went on to um, ventilation for 24 hours. He never really tolerated um, breast milk from day one, really. He didn't mm. really do very well with his feeding. Um, at this point, he had his, he's still having his TPN. And because I forgot to say, but we were in a hospital 50 miles away from home when I delivered him um so then when we were transferred back um at a week old um he wasn't on very much milk at all so we went to that hospital and they said um you know oh, why is he only on like two mil every three hours he's a week old and all that mm. and I said oh he didn't tolerate it very well and it's just so different the two different hospitals mm. um he um the one hospital concentrating solely on his breathing CPAP ventilation they got him on high flow after a week um of of him being here um and then at the other hospital they were very much all about feeding they weren't worried about his breathing they knew it was stable Mm -hmm. but they just really wanted to up the milk so that I remember going in one day and we'd been on a really low amount and they were up in it every like three hours and I went in and I was like he's on 13 mil and I was like 
hold on, I need to get the phone and ring my husband. He's on 13 mil. I can't believe this. It's so much milk. And now I look back and I'm like, 13 mils, nothing. But it was such a big deal to us when he was feeding. Yeah. Um, and I just remember like aspirating that feeding tube when they first asked you to do it. Mm. Oh, it's so nerve wracking. It's so nerve wracking. And I don't know if you two found this, but each nurse does it a different way, slight, slightly. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. And they they open the syringe and they put the the pH strip inside the packaging, but others only open it so far that don't do that because the other nurse said do it this way. And I was just like, I don't know how to do this. I'm going to hurt yeah. him or do something. And I felt like I, I was going to suck the insides out. Well, I would quite often yeah. do that, not that, but like you, like it would get stuck and like you'd pull the syringe out and it would get stuck. Like, and they would be like, yes, that's because it's stuck on the side of his stomach. And you're like, oh, that's horrible. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just awful, it is, isn't it? It is horrible. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so the aspirating I hated because he didn't aspirate very well either. No, no. Like every time they do it, they'd be like, oh, yeah, no, he hasn't really um we can't really get anything out oh we'll have to check because if it's not in the right place we can't give him milk and I'm like please don't let me do this feed I can't Mm -hmm. I just I just can't Mm -hmm. um so yeah um and then he was in for a total like you said of 60 days carried the arm he was very steady he didn't really make too many jumps until he was in sort of special care and then he would he was going upon his milk, his weight was progressing really well. Um, he was quite swollen. I don't know whether you found that, but Grayson was really swollen, really puffy around his eyes. So I'd have him on skin to skin. This is mm. in special care. And um I'd take him off and I've got photos I have to show you. And mm. his eyes are just, you know, like an allergic reaction. Yeah. He'd be absolutely like that. So I was saying to the nurses, like, oh, he's um he's really swollen they're like yeah that's fine that just happens I was like mm. oh, okay and I mentioned this like three times I think it was um and in the end there was this specialist neonatologist um who's actually do you know preemie bear um, yes, yeah. Jackson yeah um that's his consultant um his okay. neonatologist really bad bed manner but a fantastic doctor <laughs> yeah. really abrupt with me when I said you know he's really swollen he's like well he needs diuretics I don't know whether either of your babies had diuretics no no you know, it's tam- what like is a, it so it's like a water tablet you know <laughs> what we would have but for babies they need to get mm-hmm. rid of the excess fluid and the, he was see 36 weeks at this point and he mm-hmm. was still on quite a bit of oxygen because he was on low flow at this you know he probably needs diuretics but because I'm doing ward round on a weekend I can't make any decisions so right okay um I said what are they for and he explained that they were to get rid of the excess fluid and he said he's probably got fluid on his lungs really matter of fact and I was just like right oh has he and then I hate when they do that I said but I've mentioned this three weeks ago like three times I've mentioned this and only now is someone saying he needs this medication he literally had that and his oxygen levels went 
down and then he suddenly <laughs> did that turn that nifty babies do mm. and he was off oxygen the day before discharge and we'd had all the oxygen installed and everything was ready we had our paperwork we had a house visit and the day before discharge he kicked all the oxygen because he'd had these diuretics now um. i have a little bit of a hang-off about this obviously because i mentioned it i do wonder would he still have chronic lung disease now if he'd have had the diuretics earlier yeah i don't know yeah the trouble is when you're in NICU you you're advocating for your baby but you're so fragile as well and yeah. you sort of you take comfort from the fact that you're surrounded by these healthcare professionals that are specialists and you feel like they know better than you and obviously medically yes they know better than you but sometimes yeah just have to say don't you but you're not it's so hard to do that because you just yeah you look up to them don't you they're saving your baby basically yeah absolutely I've never they did a fantastic job I don't want this to be a negative at all oh no 100% so grateful for what they did it's just it's confusing to me and I suppose like you said like do I know that now no because I don't think I've ever asked because mm. I think it's only now I'm approaching Grayson's first birthday and I'm reflecting so much on the tiny details now. Mm. Um, so I think we've got an appointment in January to see his consultant and I think I might ask and say and just try and get a bit of closure on it because I don't think anyone did anything wrong. I think the thing with NICU is they do it every day and they see lots of different mums and dads and babies I imagine it's quite hard to remember that this is someone's first time. They might not know. Yeah. It's not a negative. They saved my baby's life. You know, I'm internally grateful that they kept him alive. So I don't want this to be a negative, but it is always that what if, isn't it? Yeah, yeah 100%. And, and it's that thing, isn't it, of you can be grateful, but you can also want answers. You can have both, can't you? So it yeah, doesn't, absolutely. by wanting answers, it doesn't mean that you're telling them that they didn't do a good job. You just, you need that, I guess. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, we came home on the 5th of February after he kicked the oxygen to our, all of our surprise. And we were covered by the outreach team. Mm -hmm. So we had a team of nurses, well, it's a much larger team now, but at the time it was just two um, sisters. And they um, would, so we came home on no wires, which is why I've got a milestone card that says no wires. Um, he had no feeding tube and he had no oxygen because at the hospital he was at, you could only come home on one. Um, okay. The outreach team would only cover oxygen or feeding tube. Um, but eventually after two weeks because they see you every two weeks um the nurse actually followed us home from hospital when we left she was like I'm going to come visit you now I'm like, okay I'll get in the car she didn't give us half an hour and then we were like okay we're still we're still in a hospital environment yeah. um so yeah they covered us but in two weeks he did have his feeding tube back put back in because he's never tolerated his milk he's just he at this point he was on Nutriprem 2 and he wasn't taken to bottles we tried um nook bottles or nuke I don't know how people mm -hmm. say it I'm from Birmingham so we say nook yeah <laughs> nook's fine I say nook I say nook there we go yeah there we go we're all right we're all common here it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, we tried the Nook ones because those are the teats they have in hospital, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so we tried those. Then everyone was like, no, you need Pam. are amazing. I was like, oh, I'll go and spend £50 on mum bottles. So I did mm-hmm. that. And all the way through hospital, they're like, don't, whatever you do, don't buy Tommy Tippy. Yeah. I was like, oh, Tommy Tippy are the devil. I'm not buying those. <laughs> to this day, he still has Tommy Tippy because those <laughs> are the ones he took to. So I went through all these bottles and I was just like, I came home with a massive bag of the Nook ones, you know, the, the ones you put your breast milk in and then the um, teats on. I, had, yeah. I still got loads. I did give a few unopened teats and bottles to um, a nursery for the babies to play, the children to play with when they're playing babies. But yeah, he took to the Tommy Tippy eventually, but it did take us, it was well past his due date, which is the 15th of Feb. I think it was. Yeah, actually, it was it was in lockdown when he finally had his tube out, and I just couldn't believe it. Like mm. he'd had this tube for so long, and the backwards and forwards into the hospital to go and get it retaped, put back in. He needs it changed. Oh, I can't aspirate on the phone to the hospital. I can't aspirate. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Have you turned him on his side? Yes. Have you turned him on the other side? Yes okay mm. have you put him on his tummy yes I've tried everything <laughs> do you want to come in yes okay so off we trotted I think our local one is I want to say 25 miles away I think oh wow so still far yeah still far so I was doing that every day when he was in NICU um, mm. because they NHS cuts let's not get started on that uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah we'd go off go to the hospital pop which I don't even know if you can do now pop in say hello can I have a new tube please so mm. we go in the breastfeeding room get it changed get it retaped I mean I've shared on my stories the other day that I found the back of the tapes that is yeah I, on. Um, I remember doing that in boots so mm. he, he was like forever getting his little finger tucked just underneath the tube and then pulling it out and sometimes I didn't know because you know they have numbers on I didn't know where the numbers went so um I just quickly said mom can you just stand next we were in the middle of boots before lockdown when you could see people um (laughs) and I was like stand there I need to retake it and she's like what on earth are you doing and I was like wait rummaging on my bag because my changing bag was full of um ph strips syringes Tenderderm, duoderm, like I had everything for this one tube. And I was like quickly doing it. And I, you have never seen a messier application of a feeding tube in your life. (laughs) It was just awful. So I rang the hospital. I was like, I've redone it in boots. Can I come in? Can someone do it for me? Um, Oh no, it's okay. We'll get someone to come out to you. So luckily there was outreach member of the team. They came and redid it for me. So yeah, so. We were discharged from the outreach team. That's an emotional moment as well. Yeah. When you finally said, yeah, like you're on your own now. Because mm. you have so much medical intervention. And then if you come home under the outreach team, for them to finally say, no, you don't need our help anymore. You've got this. is such a scary moment. Like, yeah. yeah, I felt the same. Really? Mm. Definitely it's felt just- the same. 
I was, I was like, like wait, coming. what? You're not coming back in four days? Ours was like every four yeah. or five days. And then they went they to really. a week and then they went to a week and a half. And then to, so like that phased. Yeah. I don't know, maybe yeah. that might be because I was struggling as well. I think they, they visited me slightly more, but yeah. No, I remember that happening. I remember it being a lot and then them just phasing us off. And then it, for us, it was just about weighing him to make sure that he was... Yeah. Um, yeah. the right kind of way you see so you're t- you're saying all these things now and there's stuff that I've just completely forgotten about and then I'm just like oh yeah oh yeah like as you're yeah. talking so yeah it's so funny isn't it like what you yeah. blank out you <laughs> do you that there's so much in your brain <laughs> I just blank out everything yeah <laughs> yeah you're so much in your brain from your journey that you just little things slip through the net like, mm. oh yeah that happened yeah completely but yeah having the outreach team is a really good um service because where I live I'm on the border of a county so I can either go to one hospital 25 miles away or I can go to the other hospital which is 24 miles away and they don't offer an outreach team yeah. with the the sorry the other one don't offer an outreach team so I'm so glad I chose to go to the other one when I had my booking mm. appointment um, because I wouldn't have had that support and I probably would have been in longer because of not having the outreach team. So tell us a little bit about what home life was like because you said that you were home for about four weeks and then you went into lockdown. So what has that, has that been like for you? Um, so someone asked me the, the other day what lockdown's been like well it's actually of someone from work and I said you know it's been bittersweet so in some ways it's been really good because John deferred his paternity leave for the two weeks when Grayson was discharged from hospital so um, he went back to work on the Tuesday after Grayson was born and then didn't really spend much time with us apart from weekends if he had a day off Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really nice that we had that two weeks and then obviously lockdown came he was working from home so mm-hmm. it, it felt like we had a bit extra mm-hmm. but then on the other hand I still have family members that haven't met him wow gosh be- because of lockdown and because you can't you can't physically get there and you're trying to fit so much in but you've also got to remember it's like it's our time as well and we've got to try and do what's good for us and Getting out the house with the baby is a stress. <laughs> <I'm gonna laughs> events, what events? In, that's what I say. Like in some ways, lockdown has been good because we were able to set up a routine, get into our swing and learn him a bit more. Just the three of us and the dog. But yeah, mm-hmm. like it was just, it was nice. But then also, I mean, I probably shouldn't say this, but on one day I was having a really bad day because um, I suffer with postnatal depression as well mm. I rang my mom in the middle of lockdown and I said I need you to come over I'm having a really bad day and I was literally at the door and I looked either way to see if the neighbours were looking I was like get in I need your yeah. help I need a shower and I, yeah. I haven't broken any rules apart from that one day do you know what? I think we've all been there yeah <laughs> yeah you just need someone don't you and with lockdown yeah. I was waving at her through a window when she was dropping the nappies off Mm. You you and like like that you know phrase of like you need a village you really do you just you need people absolutely to absolutely do you mm. you need people to look after you while you're looking after a tiny human 
exactly. And I was just so exhausted because Grayson was still on um, tube feeds every three hours through the night. So he yeah. didn't wake up. But I'd have to wake myself up to mm -hmm. then feed him. Yeah. Aspirate. And because you have to be really awake. I don't know. I, I suppose further along when he didn't have his feeding tube, he would wake me up. And I'm not that awake. I'm just, you know, shoving a bottle in. But you have to be really awake to make sure the tube's in the right place. And yeah. Was I, I don't think I was still pumping then. No, it was on Nutriprem too, but yeah, it's just exhausting. And I was just like, come in and help me, please. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, did you find that Grayson was sick more often when he was tube fed than than not? Yes, or, absolutely, yeah. especially with the medication. So he would have he he still had his medication um, when he came home for four weeks, I think it was, and. I used to say in the hospital, please, can you not give him one empty stomach because it just make him sick? And um, as soon as we stopped the medication on the tube, he was much better having it through a tea. But the tube, I don't, I don't know what the difference is. I'm not a doctor, but definitely more sick on the tube, especially with the medication. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so Less that's him. another thing, isn't it, at night when you're, when you're knackered as well and... and tube feeding and then they're sick and we used to put a muslin down so we had a next to me crib so we put the muslin down there's in like a sheet do what I call a hospital tuck where you put it under the mattress yeah so if he was sick all you had to do was whip the muslin away and put the muslin down again yeah they do that um, in NICU don't so they as well just put... like the muslin under yeah, their I was head gonna say. yeah you learn all oh, the NICU tricks, that. Don't you? oh did you <laughs> not no we had paper towels <laughs> yeah quickly like shove them under his head if he's gonna be sick like have some paper towels okay so you've had you've had one lot of lockdown have you managed to do any kind of socializing or baby groups or anything like that or has that all been not possible for you at all so when we first came out and Grayson was I think I remember the conversation and the lady said how old's your baby mm -hmm. and as a new NICU mum I went one week and she went wow you're doing really well getting out after one week I was like no technically he's two months old but <laughs> technically he's one week and she looked at me and she went was he premature I was like yes and she was like oh but to me that's so normal saying his gestation and his actual age I just mm -hmm. blurted it out and she looked at me as if I had two heads <laughs> I was like, oh sorry yeah no um, so yeah we went to went to one class that oh no it must have been two and then the third week I decided to isolate before lockdown because I was really worried about Grayson mm. um and then never went again <laughs> mm. and then I tried to book on one for the week before this lockdown and it was the Monday before the Thursday when we're going to lockdown. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going. So no, I haven't been to any baby groups really. No. My mom friends are on the internet. Yeah, I know. And I mean, I thank God for the internet. It's been oh. like an absolute lifesaver, hasn't it? Could you imagine this in 1994? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be, everyone would be like, you'd be pick up the phone and it'd be going wee -oo, wee -oo, wee -oo, and you'd be like, get off the internet I'm trying to phone <laughs> okay so you you mentioned a little bit about um the fact that it's his first birthday and mm -hmm. you started reflecting on stuff 
so what what has that been like coming up to kind of first birthday because we've both been through the first birthday but you're you're coming up to it yeah um so while I was in and I have had counseling which I need to remember what she said but while I was in hospital until I was discharged the week before Grayson but so I was sort of in the transitional care unit and I didn't process what had happened until Grayson was moved to our local hospital and I actually went home Mm -hmm. and I I need to remember what she said I wasn't in denial I was coping Mm -hmm. so I didn't really process at all what had happened and I was really shocked when John told me everything he went you had help syndrome and I was like what's that Mm -hmm. so coming now to his first birthday I'm remembering things and I'm looking I'm like oh I almost died yeah Grayson was really small he was Mm. really fragile I wasn't allowed to stroke him and I thought that was fine oh that's a hard pill to swallow like it's just it's just just you now yeah you just get on with it and you're like okay because I didn't think I'd be able to hold him let alone mm. like stroke him so when I put my hands in the incubator and I started stroking him they said oh no please don't do that his skin's too thin you'll hurt him and I was like okay and not till like was it last week I thought and my stomach just sank and I was like just remembering that moment and it's almost as if I've got delayed emotion now because now I'm like oh I didn't yeah. get to, I wasn't allowed to stroke him I got I got told off for stroking it I don't know yeah, no, I can just delight. I get that because I, I think when you're in that situation, you're you're just going through the motions, aren't you? And it is just like that fight, flight, freeze thing. You're you're just doing it, and you're just yeah. kind of getting on with it. And it's until you get home, and then you're like, oh, like wait a minute, let me actually because you've got time for emotions now, don't yeah. you? And I guess that's what it is. The one thing that just keep recurring, and this has been recurring for a few months now, is when I'm going to sleep, I remember being in the ward while Grayson was downstairs, and they said, we're going to put you in a ward where there's no other mums until there is a side room available. And the one thing that did really upset me was that this woman got admitted into my ward, and she had her baby, and her baby cried all night. Oh. and it just broke my heart That's yeah. and then the next morning one of the volunteers came in and went oh where's your baby oh. and I just went he's downstairs because I just couldn't get the words out I just I was like he's downstairs yeah and then just when she's like, oh, I'm never so sorry. Do you know what I've got? And she started on this story about someone oh. who's got a premature baby. And I was like, yeah, not the time, love. Not the no. time. No, not Stop sense. telling me stories. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm living it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's one thing that just come back and are, and finding the, the duoderm, uh, sorry, the tegoderm back in and... Yeah, it's just mad. And the Pampers advert set me off a right treat the other day. I think it's been a real trigger for a lot of um, NICU mums, hasn't it? I, I think a lot of people have cried the majority of times that they've watched it. I thought I'd be fine. I was like, oh, I can watch this. Mm. Nope. 
<laughs> but what it was interesting enough the back of that sorry I'm going off on a bit of a tangent but my nephew who's eight was desperate to see Grayson while he was in hospital but wasn't able to so when mm. the advert came on my sister explained to him that that's what where Grayson was um that's what Auntie Abby had to do and he was like oh right okay and he got a bigger level of understanding of it now which just fill me with a little bit of pride that he's like wanted to know about Grayson because yeah. he, you know, really wanted to hold this tiny baby, but he wasn't allowed in the hospital. Sorry, mm. that was a tangent, but yeah, there you go. No, yeah, I think it's really hard to explain it to children, isn't it? Like why yeah. you're not allowed in, why you can't see them. I remember one of uh, the girl that I was next to throughout pretty much the whole of NICU having to explain to her three-year-old son why she couldn't, why he couldn't see his brothers. Because he yeah. was excited about having twin brothers, but then he couldn't come and see them because we were isolated for a little bit in the ward. Um, so it's really hard. It's really hard yeah. to explain that to kids. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's a hard thing for us to digest, let alone children. Yeah. And you don't yeah. want to scare them either because no. it is a scary image, although maybe it's not for kids, maybe because there's not that level of understanding, but... I remember with my niece and nephew, they had the same thing. They wanted to meet their cousin. Mm. And you've got he to was, understand that they're poorly. And Yeah. He was really scared of his feeding tube. Mm. And, when, and, and when he came home, he was on an apnea monitor as well. And when I went to see my nephew, I said to him, I said, oh, um, you can't hold Grayson just yet because, and I was about to say, I need to give him a feeding tube because he's got his feeding tube. I said, oh, no, darling, like, you're allowed to hold him. I just need to give him a feed first and then I need to hold him for a little bit and make sure he's not sick. I said, but then you can hold him. She's like, but I need to be careful of his tube. I was like, yes, it's fine. <laughs> you can, like, hold him, but I will just make sure the apnea monitor's there and got yeah. the most gorgeous video of them together of him Aww. just, like, talking to him. So have you, because we were talking like before the uh, podcast started about the fact that some people have long-term effects of the of preeclampsia, which I didn't know about. Have you noticed that you've had any effects of the preeclampsia? I'm okay. I think there may be, um, I do want to get my eyesight checked because I know that can be a really big thing. Yeah. talking to another mom who had help syndrome as well um and she's her eyesight has deteriorated quite badly um i don't i don't think there's anything wrong they could possibly um i can still see things but i've just had increased it sounds awful but you know the floaters yeah same here i've yeah i've had an increased uh, amount of those so i do need yeah. to get it checked but I'll be honest with you, I'm too anxious about COVID at the minute to go into like, because our opticians, excuse me, is in a shopping centre. And I'm okay. just, I like to be able to take the mask off, get some air and then go back in and just have a little break. So it's on my yeah. to-do list to check, but I don't think there's anything too bad. I'm not getting massively, massive headaches. I'm not, I'm not. I, there's no other symptoms apart from an increased amount of floaters which I had before okay it's the grossest thing my friend used to be an optician she's like it's just the jelly coming away from your eyes and I'm like mm, Ooh. that is gross <laughs> please don't ever say that again now I've just said it on the internet it's fine no problem. it's better than what I thought when you said floaters <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've got giant poos in my eyes <laughs> 
<laughs> I've got my eye test tomorrow, so um, because my my eyesight's been worse. But but again, I didn't necessarily link that to pre preeclampsia because, like honestly, I've only just learned this over the past two weeks that you can still have um, kind of long term effects, and that's through people talking about prematurity awareness. Um, yeah, so I didn't even know thing. that I should be thinking about. Um, that as a possibility so did you have visual disturbances as part of your preeclampsia yes so I had double vision like I couldn't really see so I couldn't really stand but she was fine is, though but I was fine <laughs> um, which is what I just kept saying because I couldn't really stand because I was really dizzy I kept seeing two things and I was like but I'm fine <laughs> so it, yeah so yes I did have visual disturbances oh so really need an eye test then yes yes but yeah no one really <laughs> tells, tells you you're these fine. things do they? i know i know but we'll see won't we <laughs> who knows <laughs> okay so i mean one of the things that we were talking about this week on miracle moon was um was body image Mm-hmm. Wasn't it? And I know that like we've had discussions before and like me and Georgie have had discussions before about body image and how that's been impacted kind of post baby. Um, so you and I know that you're kind of doing things at the moment to increase looking after yourself and I'm getting there. So how have you found that recently? So again, with reflection, a lot that's come up because I while we were trying to conceive I lost a stone and a half because my BMI has always been high I've always been a big girl Mm -hmm. and I really wanted to give my unborn baby the best chance by reducing my BMI so there's always been that thing around pregnancy and my body image and how I need I need to be slimmer I need to lose more weight I need to do this for my baby so then coming out of hospital well going into hospital um early having a baby and then having Costa at the hospital oh me too my routine we said this didn't we in the first (sighs) episode so many paninis yes a lot (laughs) I had so many points when I left I know because it was Christmas time as well so we got some really nice stuff in oh, I never blankets like, mac and cheese but the mm. points I never ever want to use the points again because I don't ever want to taste Costa again <laughs> no. oh see it did the opposite to me I can't get enough of it I'm like oh I haven't had a Costa in ages but that would be my routine go in grab a Costa go and find out when his next feed is then sort myself out go to the toilet hang my bags up sort how his clothes for the um in his little drawers things and yeah and there I would be with my hazelnut latte not skinny not at all <laughs> but that would be my meal for the day would be that that um hazelnut latte because mm. I wouldn't want to leave I put this in my place yeah. day like, because I was doing skin to skin and you're able to get them out this is in special care you're able to get them out on your own and you could pick them up and put them back I never wanted to put him back and I needed to do a one hand feed so he, we didn't go back in his cart until I really really needed the needed the toilet so yeah it's just and then obviously I'd get home and it'd be late so I'd just grab fast food and then when he got home I was just like I can't be bothered I'm exhausted I'm just gonna eat lots so now I'm really negative about the way I look um Mm. I'm trying to come to terms with it and what I'm doing at the moment is working out that it's not for my body image so much it's for my mental health 
So I find if I do a workout, this lovely lady I found on Instagram, if I do a workout every morning, I can then handle what the day brings. If Grayson's being a little bit difficult, if I'm having a wobble because something's triggered me, mm -hmm. yes, it's still a wobble, but it, I can handle it so much differently. Mm -hmm. And eventually that will lead to um, weight loss because that is my ultimate goal. But I was so, so hard on myself when I was really low. Mm. So obviously I have postnatal depression and I just spiral. So one thing would set me off and then eventually it would end up with you're a rubbish mum because you're fat. Mm. And that's how it would end. And then that's always been the biggest thing in my life is that, you know, I was told I was fat from very young because I was always a big girl and I was bullied at school for it and you know I had a very nasty boyfriend who used to tell me as well used to call me <laughs> I think back now I'm like actually she's quite sassy but I was called Gloria from Madagascar the hippo mm -hmm. I don't, I'm like actually no she's great like, awesome. yeah now <laughs> old girl <laughs> yeah but at the time but I think that's just maturity isn't it yeah and, I do try and own the way I look. And it's so annoying now because I look back at the phone and I'm like, you thought you were fat then, flipping it. Yeah. How annoying are we when we're younger and we're quite slim and actually we think we're, you know, massive. And you're like, girl, no. <laughs> I know. Just I know. you wait. <laughs> Just you wait. But then also, like, at first I was so angry at my body for letting me down and blaming myself because my BMI was too high so that's obviously why Grayson came early but now I, I try and think quite differently because all through the preeclampsia he didn't have any growth issues which means he was getting enough blood supply it's just my body was prioritizing him over me Mm -hmm. which is exactly the way I want it. I do not want my body prioritizing me over Grayson. So he is, you know, negatively affected. So I try and think about it now. Like, no, my body did what I wanted it to do. Yes, my placenta didn't um, attach to the um, uterus wall properly, but it's it prioritized Grayson. He got the blood supply. He was a good premature baby. He, oh, I say the normal, like I said earlier, mm -hmm. the normal premature baby problem just feeding and breathing. You know, <laughs> those essential things. You know, I'm quite pleased with my body about that now, but that has taken me almost a year mm -hmm. to yeah. get to that point where I can. I don't get me wrong. I do spiral and I do think, mm, you know, is it because is it still my fault? And I think. No, I have to remind myself, it did what I wanted it to do. It was going to happen from, you know, day dot. And I do think now, I don't know if it's TMI for this podcast, but I had a lot of spotting at the start. Mm -hmm. And I always wonder now on reflection, was that because, because when I, you know, Dr. Google, you do, um, it it was it said it was in the placenta was embedding into my uterus wall so mm. I wonder then was it not embedding properly so is that why I got the spot in it see another tangent but that's not a tangent no, that's not a tangent no okay I just worry I'm like am I waffling it sounds like, no it sounds like you've done quite a bit of reading around it in terms oh. of developing your understanding around it yeah, because I just didn't know what had happened. No, no. I didn't, 
really understand. I am going to, after a conversation with other Nikki Vont, I'm going to request my notes because yeah. I don't really think I took in what they were saying while I was in. No. Um, you know, I was, well, read on the wall when I was transferred before I had grace and high dependency. And I was just like, yeah, okay. That's high dependency. Didn't it didn't register at all. So I have done a lot of research about why what the you know what the cause of preeclampsia is in terms of why it doesn't get the blood supply, why your blood pressure, you know, rockets and all of that. So yeah, I do I do, I want to know because I I wasn't present at all while I had no. it. No, I mean, I still don't know. <laughs> and I think I've maybe just gone, okay, I, I don't know. I don't know why I don't, I, I haven't, I haven't searched for those kind of answers. I haven't requested my notes or anything like that. No, no same. And I think you get, you you like know the reason, don't you? So like you guys have yeah. got preeclampsia, I've got reversed end diastolic flow, but then you're in NICU and all you care about is your baby. Yeah. And yeah all the doctors in the NICU care about is your baby. That's not, yeah. you're, you're not their specialty. And it gets lost in the events and, and what you're going through, doesn't it? And yeah, actually, now you've said it, I actually think I do, I do want to look into it a bit more. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Especially now you're getting to like a year down the line and you're feeling a bit more comfortable that you've got your baby yeah. in your home yeah. and you're in your sort of, yeah, new routine and life and a bit more embedded in what what that looks like yeah mm. yeah okay well that's what we're all going to do now I'm off to uh, google <laughs> I don't know how to request my notes but I am going to look into it I'm going to ring the GP I, want... I think mm. uh, yeah I think I read that um see you, ring the you can GP. ask for a meeting Cause... can't you as well yeah see my my debrief would be at the hospital 50 miles away right and I'm just not sure I'm ready to go back yet not around birthday they would probably do it by zoom oh of course covid yeah does have some pluses (laughs) yeah the closure I want is about the missed protein in my urine around um 26 weeks because it was found three times and my blood pressure was high on the third time and then three days later, I had the pain in my ribs and I admitted myself. Mm-hmm. That's what I, that's what it came about requesting my notes because I want some closure. But then also on more reflection, because apparently that's what I like to do now, is I want to know what happened to Grayson. Because, you know, a couple of people have discovered that their baby was unconscious for 45 minutes and unresponsive. And they yeah. only found that out from their notes. So I'm a bit like, oh, do I want to read them? Mm. And then also... I think it would benefit me antenatally, excuse me, to know what happened. So I have some closure because I'm very angry. Yeah, yeah. And I guess if you've got all the facts, then you can decide what you want to do with it. And it might be that yeah. you do go through some kind of grieving process when you read that. But then at yeah. least after that point, you've got that knowledge and you know what what's happened. I don't know whether yeah. that's helpful. I, th- I think so. And I think from my counselling now so I had a little wobble this morning and I just said to John I was like I just need to get it out Mm -hmm. I just need to allow myself to feel like this because that's what I learned from my counselling and from listening to you Frankie like I just need to get it out and as soon as I you know shouted this year has been dreadful I hate Covid 
I was like, right, okay, I'm going to go do a workout now. Then I'm going to get Grace some breakfast. And because I was just able to just get it out, I think that's what I'll do with my notes is yeah. just read it all, process it and go, oh, this is awful. Oh, but then at least I know mm. and I can do something with it. Yeah, exactly. I think that the issue, like you said, is when you come and you start to read it and then you start to squash it all back down again and you're not processing it all properly and it's too much and all yeah. that kind of thing. But if you're allowing yourself to feel it, then, yeah. I think I need to. Brilliant. I'm really, really trying because I am a, I am a suppressor. I'm, I'm pretty much like a bottle of pop. I'll go and then suddenly pop. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so <laughs> not that anyone can see my hands on the podcast, but I was doing an upward motion. Yeah, I'm the same with that. So every now and again, I'll just do a big explosion and then I'll yeah. shut it all back down again. And then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. never happened. No, no, no exactly. Big, ugly cry and then get on with your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you know what makes me ugly cry? Don't fly, no, fly away home. What's that? Oh, I could I, it's a film about geese and it's really emotional. I can't watch <laughs> it, it actually is really emotional. <laughs> I just can't watch it. But like, there's a standing joke uh, in my family. Whatever you do, don't put on Fly Away Home because your sister <laughs> will lose her head. Honestly, it's really emotional. Don't watch it. It's really okay. sad. It, it, it is PS, actually. I love you. Oh, P.S. I love you. I can't watch. I read the book before I watched the film, so I was crying at the introduction title. I know know what happens. I'm such a crier, though. I've always been a crier. Yeah, I'm a crier as well. George is not a crier. (laughs) Greg would would say I am a crier, though, I think. Oh, really? I think I'm a private crier. Mm. I cry quite easily at home. Yeah. Mm. I definitely cry at TV and films and stuff. I cry at TV oh, and films yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't yeah. cry at the Pampers advert, though. I didn't either. I, I cried for you, don't worry. Don't worry. I, I think <laughs> me and Georgia are probably the only two people who did not cry at that advert. Like we were we messaging each like, other like, did you cry? Because I didn't cry. <laughs> we were like, are we okay? And everyone's messaging like, oh my gosh, the Pampers advert. And I'm like, I thought it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> But maybe Best that's just where be. we are in our yeah. journey and everyone's I'd gonna like be at different be, points. Yeah. 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 The, the song, I I didn't realise that song is actually about Nikki. No, I didn't know. No, until they I guess that's what I was more listening to. I was yeah, more listening the to the lyrics. Um and then I was like, oh, that's interesting. So that's where my brain went rather than I'm absorbed in this. So yeah, I think, I think same. I was listening to like Hope in a Plastic Box and I was like, oh, this song is actually about Nikki. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, there we go. That's what we're doing then. <laughs> <laughs> Not just actually, absolute ice women. <laughs> so you have been doing a, a load of fundraising, haven't you? Which is just incredible what you've been doing. You can call me Captain Abby Moore. I don't know. <laughs> so no, I, what have you been doing? So it started off, I just wanted to celebrate the day, World Prematurity Day, because Grayson obviously wasn't here last year for the day. And I knew they did a big event. And I really wanted to celebrate it with the hospital, and I couldn't. So I was like, what can I do? So I was having a look and I was like, what about, so I went on the Bliss website and it said a prematurity 
tea party, T-E-A. I was like, yeah, great. How can I do that? Should I go out on the grass out the front? Are there any Niku moms on my estate? No, I don't think so. Well, how can I do it? And then I remembered a Zoom hen party that my friend went to. And I was like, I'll just do it over Zoom. And, and I was speaking to people, I was like, maybe let's raise, you know, a couple of quid for bliss. It'll be fine. There'll be like three moms on and we'll just have a bit of a chat and, and that'll be it. But it just blew up and it's been incredible. I think in total, so Nicola um, Premi helped me because we we were on, our babies on the same NICU, so we know each other. And, oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, so um, Jackson was in, was discharged on the 31st of December. Um, it's the most random story because we didn't actually talk in NICU, but I knew Jackson was. He was like a celebrity, Jackson. Everyone <laughs> said his name and I was like, who's Jackson? Who's, who's, who's Jackson? Who's their mom? And I saw them so many times in the um, car park and in the unit. And I just, I was in a really weird place. So I'm not, I wasn't very friendly or you know forthcoming with chat or whatever but then afterwards we connected and really good pal of mine now and offered to help with the premature tea party she said i tell you what i'll sort the zoom side of things and we'll promote it together and and yeah we like facetimed rang each other and said i've got this idea i've got that idea and when we initially started it just given um set our target at 900 pounds i was like that's a bit ambitious let's drop it if we get 500 it was picking up pace and it was about 250 pounds at the time and i was like let's set it at 500 well tonight we have with along with my husband who's doing um, a 12-hour gaming live stream tonight we have just clocked over 1000 pounds Wow. Amazing. Oh, that's incredible. And that's for bliss. And I cried when we went over a thousand pounds because I'm it's a amazing. Writer. I just <laughs> I'm so grateful to everyone. And you've got a group of mums now, haven't you? And you're you're all talking about it and you're yeah. opening conversation up and it's it's great. It's just not at all it's fantastic. But I'm just so shocked. And I'm like, I never expected this to happen. I just thought we'd have a cup of tea and a cake and <laughs> and, and be done with it. But everyone's asking for the next one. Um, so we're going to do a Christmas one. So, and I'm really passionate about raising awareness about premature babies because I was so shocked that Grayson was coming when he did. Mm. The consultant said to me, you'll meet your baby before Christmas. And you you could have told me she, you know, she had two heads and I'd have believed you more. Mm. I didn't know what prematurity was. So I emailed the local news and said, I want to raise awareness of prematurity. I've done this fundraising. We've raised, I think at the time I said we've raised £600. Um expecting the anchor to just go oh and a lady from our region has um raised 500 pounds for bliss premature babies but he came back and went we can run a story on this can i come and film you next week can you set up a zoom next week and i'm like uh, um i don't know like it's very short notice for, for moms that work i've no idea can we do it in your garden yeah okay wonderful right uh, 
when would you want to, to air? And I was like, I've no idea. And he went, how about Grayson's birthday? I was like, okay. Oh, gosh. I what an incredible like thing. When he's older. Do you know for your first birthday, you were on the news? Yeah. That's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? What day is your birthday? So, the 8th of December. Before we finish, if you're thinking about kind of advice that you would give to mums in a similar position to you, what kind of advice would you give to them? So the Nikki side of it is you're not on your own. There are people out there and it's okay to be sad. It's hard. Mm. It's a really hard place to be. And then coming out of NICU, I'd say get on Instagram. <laughs> get on miracle moon and all the other pages and just know that there are people out there in your phone that know exactly how it feels and actually everyone you speak to is a nikki mom says my inbox is open Mm. and without a shadow of a doubt no one would i've never had anyone say i don't know what what you're talking about don't talk to me and they might say oh I've no idea what that feels like but it must be really hard everyone's so understanding in the community it's just Mm. incredible but yeah just allow yourself to be like this is hard this is you know but you will get through it yeah it's you know one of the hardest things you'll do becoming a mom let alone being thrown into it early Mm. yeah completely well, thank Good you advice. very much for yeah, thank you very much for coming on and talking to us today. It's been absolutely lovely to have you. Um Thanks and we will we'll keep up with all of your fundraising and we will watch you being a celebrity on the news. <laughs> <laughs> watch this space I'm coming for daytime telly, move over Holly and Phil. <laughs> I'm gonna go on the go on the Zoom call with a high mum sign. <laughs> Well, I'm freezing in the cold. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We hope to see you again for the next episode. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram at Miracle Moon UK, on Facebook, Miracle Moon UK, or on our website where we've got various blog posts and Nikki stories from other families at www.miraclemoon.co.uk.